think it just really depends on the serial killer. Um, from what I understand, uh, people with that are psychopaths are actually born that way. There's something in their brain that's uh, just kind of wired differently as opposed to a sociopath that's sort of made that way. Um, so I think there's just a, a variety of different factors that contribute to serial killers and what type they are. There could be a little bit of a mix of both, like a little bit of psychopathy with sociopathy. <laughs> Yes, my mama eat you like Jeff Dahmer. Say she on a period, let's make a mess, mama. I desensitize myself to it. I, 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 uh... I don't know, I went to great lengths. Never did I. Knew it would be this easy. Had a month that shit greasy. Yeah, be the nigga shit cheesy. People said I get my corner, wanna turn around, oh, it's just measy. Everybody wanna get away from me because I got heebie-jeebies smashed up like Michael. That game on the Halloween. What would you do with the sexual parts? I wouldn't enjoy it or anything. How long ago did you start? So, let that stay right before you. But naked in your neighbor's pool, I stay stunned while I'm face fucking the decapitated skull. You ever seen that before? No freak nasty gore, I need asking laws. You was a freak show. What do you do? Try anything you cancel, bro. I'm fixated on asphyxiating and breaking this little chick's neck like a pixie stick. The sick Satan worshiping bitches get horse whippings. I'm in the back, through the back door, slipping through the cracks, leaving the corpse, dripping the mortician of love. Sent from above, forced and treat her more. When she the more stingy, I become. Been doing this for more than a quarter century. I'm just numbing my dreaming. Is it real? Someone pinch me on the buns. Do you feel blame? Are you mad? Uh, do you feel like Wolf Kabob's Rough Rennets? Get Rennets, Boots, 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 the number one podcast on the internet. You are listening to the number one podcast in the horror genre and the podcast with the number one host ever. Blah, blah, blah. We all know this shit by now, okay? Today's episode's a little different, alright? It was supposed to be released yesterday, but... Dusty forgot. He's a bad host. We all know that. That's why, you know, I'm partially here to help. So, yeah. Um, today's episode is an interview that he did with Deborah, and she is, like, the best way that I can put it. She's basically a spiritual doctor and not, like, a psychic, but she comes... She's... She, well, Dusty will explain more in episode, okay? But I will say this. She was under a time restraint, okay? And it comes to a very abrupt stop with no goodbye, okay? That's how this episode is gonna go. There is a part two that will be coming out eventually. We kind of pushed it out this, the second part of this episode to November, or not November, to, um, February, we're thinking, Dusty hasn't figured out a date quite yet, but there is a part two coming to this episode. 
So you guys are roughly gonna get an hour of footage and at one point it's just gonna cut and that's gonna be the end of the episode. But there is gonna be a second part. So sit back, relax, and just listen to this mediocre episode that this mediocre interviewer, Dusty, aka Dusty, conducted. Deborah was great, but Dusty was subpar. Alright? Deuces, assholes. Deborah, why don't you introduce for our audience, well, my audience, well, I guess our audience, since you're here, <laughs> what you do, who you are, where, you know, you're from and stuff like that. All right. So my name is Deborah Roque. I am a paranormal researcher and advisor. Uh, basically, that means that I just research anything that is under the sphere of paranormal to understand the paranormal, I guess, world a little better and also advise people as to what their paranormal experiences can be, why they're having them, make meaning out of them and overcome any sort of fear, stigma, confusion uh, that is associated with these events and so that they can better in integrate them in their lives. Uh, I'm from Miami, Florida, born and raised in the county of Dade, 305 till I die. Uh, but currently, <laughs> you know, like I'm not in Miami, so I guess that's not true anymore. Um, but I just still live in Florida. I'm in Gainesville at the moment, uh, possibly not staying here for much longer, though, because Florida has just become too expensive for life. So, yeah. But other than that, uh, <laughs> yeah, I... Um, I guess that's where I'm from, and I actually lived in the Dominican Republic for three years, which is where a lot of all my, I guess my more, yeah, like the more impactful paranormal experiences I feel like happened there, a few of them at least, uh, and then things just sort of started to change for me once I began living there. So the Dominican yeah. Republic has a big, big place in my heart. <laughs> Yeah, it, when you were explaining what you kind of do, it kind of made me think of like you're basically like a little bit of a paranormal doctor. Uh, okay, sure. Kind of like, yeah. like helping people out, <laughs> telling them what they kind of got to do and stuff like that. It's like, oh, it's kind of like, you know, a doctor, you know, except with paranormal stuff in a way. But yeah. That's really cool. I never thought of it that way. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. How, lo how long have you been doing this stuff? So I've been in the paranormal world doing tarot mostly, advising in tarot for about seven years now, going on eight. Uh, and I've been doing this specifically probably for the last year and just trying to see where it goes and how it kind of just grows from there. Yeah, I just got my first tarot deck from my girlfriend. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. She's she's Puerto Rican and she's she she has psychic abilities and stuff like that. She just can't... Um, uh, predict she can't do predictions or anything like that but i would always like want to because she used to leave her tarot deck at my house and then i would always just kind of mess around with it or i'll, I'll ask her per permission if i can use it and she usually says yes and i would just kind of mess around with it have fun and i'd let her give me readings and then she finally got me my own for christmas so i was so i was so excited i was so that excited. is cool 
I remember yeah. my first tarot deck. It's really exciting. It's just something that, you know, I don't know. It's mm -hmm. it's going to be a whole it's going to be a whole new world for you, for sure. Yeah. I well, hope ever it. Yeah. Since <laughs> I've met her, we've been on cuz we have two little, well, three little spiritual ghost children that follow us around. They're attached, okay. well, two of them are attached to her. And then my great grandpa who passed away in 2002, I think, I think it was from colon cancer. He okay. comes through and visits us and oh. one of my, uh, one of our, it, well, it's hers, but she watches over both of us. One of our guardian angels comes through and talks to us all the time, which is, which is fun. But yeah, it's, it's a weird world. It's just once you don't, I tell people this all the time, like, you might pay attention to it a little bit, but when you actually go on investigations and start having fun and talking to other people about paranormal entities or just the paranormal world in general, you really kind of, it just all comes at you at once. And it is just the weirdest feeling. Like you pick up on things that you never really heard before. It's, mm -hmm. it's just so trippy. Yeah, I can definitely agree to that. Definitely happened to me. <laughs> so I I agree. Were you, because my girlfriend is a strong believer that when it comes to tarot cards that you should be gifted them. Are, is that one of your beliefs or did you just go out and buy them? Yeah, I just went out and buy them. I have heard about that. I think that, you know, if that's something that you truly believe in, then that's the energy that aligns to you. So do it. Right. Yeah. But if that's not something you believe in and you're not really aligned to that, just don't. And I wasn't I just happened to not be one of those people. I went I was living in the Dominican Republic. I happened to be living at the time in a mountain, like in a mountain city. Like I was very like remote. And uh, <laughs> I remember just getting this like really like deep feeling, like being like, I need a tarot deck. Like I need a tarot deck. But over there in the Dominican Republic, it's not the traditional tarot like, you know, I get these like you know like the Rider Waite tarot that everybody knows oh it's yeah not, it's not that so it's actually these and th these were my first tarot deck um, and this is what I learned how to do and it's called in Spanish La Baraja Española so it's just like a whole different system um, started learning through that and then as I progressed I kind of then switched to the tarot and then from there on that's it that's really cool that's really really mm -hmm. interesting yeah what when did all of this kind of start for you? Uh, well, I have an interesting story. So I wasn't always in the para like in the paranormal world or interested in the paranormal for that matter. I actually was an atheist and I didn't believe in any of the stuff. Mm. Well, funny enough, though, I did have paranormal experiences when I was younger. Um, but I kind of just like pushed them to the side and I didn't really think that anything outside of that could be, I guess, attributed to some sort of paranormal factor, right? So uh, just a little bit backstory. So I grew up, like I said, in Miami. My father was an atheist. Uh, my mom was Roman Catholic, sort of like Santera. And so I had that in like my home. And then my aunt, who was my mom's sister, converted to Islam. So my first cousins and my uncle were, you know, Islamic, Muslim. And then I had a bunch of friends who were Christian and then Catholic. And then I had like some, you know, Pentecostals in there, like so much like, variety. So mm -hmm. I remember growing up and just being like, so what is it? 
is it Catholic? Is it atheism? Is it Christianity? Is it Islam? Like sort of just like being exposed to all this stuff had me question like a lot of what is real and what is not real. Not to mention like my own experiences because like my first paranormal experience was when I was like in fourth grade. I had a UFO experience with my mom. Um, and then I had also some experiences with like shadow figures and things in my house too. But as I grew up, um, I really got into science. Like I still am into science. Like I, everything that I research in the paranormal, I do it because of my science background. I have a master's degree. It's just like what I am and who I am. I'm all about like the research. Um, but the more that I got into like science and biology and stuff, the less I believed in the paranormal and like the spiritual because especially around that time like it was just very like this is real that is not you understand and so i just kind of fell into the atheism situation as like my dad my dad was like super happy about it my mom wasn't like that was like a whole thing (laughs) (laughs) like drama (laughs) you know but Things actually switched for me when my father passed. And this is like this is like the moment that I kind of attribute to like my transformation, the change. So my dad passed away 2015 and it was suddenly like it just it was like no warning. Nobody knew like it was just like, bam, gone one day there and the next day gone. And I remember because, well, obviously you remember, but like what was um, I guess just like what's been imprinted in my mind, right, since then is like the whole circumstances around the situation. So one, I was with my sister and my sister had moved to where I am now. We, she, was, she was living in Gainesville and I was still in Miami. So we weren't seeing each other or like hanging out as much. So this was very important for us because we came together. We went to Orlando and uh, we went to go see the movie Jurassic World when it had just come out. And that for us was like crazy because that is one of our like common childhood like nostalgic movies that kind of reminds us of like family and like being with our dad funny enough mm-hmm. so this happened to be the weekend and uh, we were also visiting disney world which is something else that we have and share in common like with my dad like, he used to take us to disney world ever since we were kids like this whole situation and uh i spoke to my father that friday or saturday i think it was friday and we talked Everything was cool. Hey, you guys didn't call me. He was a little upset. And I said, okay, I'm sorry, Dad. I'll call you, you know, this week because it was Father's Day the weekend after. And we'll hang out. We'll see each other and everything will be cool in the game. No worries. We're fine. And then I remember going to sleep that night. And suddenly I wake up like around midnight and I'm just immensely concerned for my father's well-being like Mm -hmm. something inside me is like something's wrong my father's not okay oh my god but at the time because i was just like so non-believing in anything paranormal or superstitious or like spiritual and anything like that for me it was just some sort of like psychological like manifestation of anxiety or like worry or whatever oh don't worry about it call him tomorrow and just check on him so i went back to sleep until about two hours later, like around two, it was actually 2.36 in the morning, and that's actually significant. So it was 2.36 in the morning, and I get a call from the police officer telling me that they found my dad dead in his, in his bathroom. Yikes. 
Yeah. And it was just, it was one of those things where I remember, like, I didn't know, I didn't understand what happened. Like, I just was kind of like, I don't understand what just happened. Well, whatever time goes by, I moved to the Dominican Republic about three months later and things just start like happening that I'm like, what is going on? So from there, it was like, you know, uh, feeling things, smelling my father, like almost like sensing him around all the time. Uh, I started seeing like orbs. I had a friend who was getting into like her medium, like growing into her medium abilities around the same time that I was having these experiences. And one day she kind of was like, I need to talk to you because your father keeps coming through to me. And at this point, I'm still kind of like, I don't even know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, okay, sure. And I remember her telling me things that like, she couldn't have known because even though I had known her, she didn't really know my dad that way. Like we didn't grow up together. You understand? Like we, we knew each other from college. Um, and at that point, at one point, she says something like, what does the number 236 mean to you? And I think that's where I just dropped everything. Like I just was like, what do you mean? And she was like, yeah, he's <laughs> showing me 236. What does that mean to you? And I was like, you need to stop. <laughs> I was like, you just need to stop it right now. And I told her, I was like, that's, that's when I got the call. Like, that's, that's when I, that's when I knew. And she was like, well, Deborah, he's here. And I was just like, holy shit. Oh, okay. And I think that's when I kind of made the switch. And from then on in, I've just kind of never looked back. And then I actually started paying attention to my experiences and sort of kind of leaning into them and seeing where they took me. And here I am now. Does your dad still come and visit you every now and then? Oh, yeah. he's always around. Like, I, mean, I can't get him off. <laughs> yeah. Does he ever try to scare you? No. Oh, my great-grandpa does. Yeah? Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> I feel like if I got introduced to this stuff, like, I had experiences when I was a kid, but I feel like if I was introduced to it younger, I wouldn't be as terrified as seeing a shadow person. But one night, there was a lightning storm on the, like, it was raining and it was thundering. It was just nasty weather. It was like midnight and I could feel something because he always comes in next to my front, like the door to my room. He always just walks in and just stands there and greets me and my girlfriend and then we'll talk for a little bit and then he'll be on his way. But mm -hmm. this night, <laughs> it was just me and I was watching YouTube on my bed and I kept looking at the door and I could feel something. I knew something was there. I look up. And I see him like shoulder half cocked down, like his head turned to the side and he's just looking at me. <laughs> just terrified me. And I looked away. I was like, nope, I'm not doing this tonight. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want it. And then the next, was it like a couple weeks after my girlfriend's over and he comes through to us and I asked him, I was like, was that you? He's like, yeah. I was like, were you trying to scare me? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> they just... I don't know why he was, I guess according to my grandma he was always like a trickster and always like to play pranks I was gonna say it feels very tricky energy like just like mis mischief you know yeah he's yeah he's mm -hmm. terribly funny but it's just yeah I don't know it that is wild I would you know when you have people that are coming into their abilities like your friend and she just comes out like I bet that was probably like a heart-wrenching feeling like a stomach drop and it just was 
it, it was like that mic drop moment for me where I was just like, okay, like I'm, I'm sold. <laughs> like I don't, I don't need any other convincing because that again, obviously with like what I had experienced and then just constantly feeling my father around too and being very weirded out by it. And then I remember kind of just sort of exploring this feeling with my dad and kind of getting the message of like, don't be like me. You know, mm. it was very clear to me too. It's like, don't make the mistake I did. There is more. Go that way. Don't don't be yeah. stupid like me. And I was just like, okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like maybe he was a little bit? I don't want to say. I I guess the word would be embarrassed, but I feel like that's kind of a, a rude term to use. Just kind of maybe not embarrassed or insecure, but just like. I feel bad because now I'm here and my beliefs are were wrong at the time of when I was living. You know, it's interesting. Um, so from what I understand when we transition to the other side, I almost, I feel like from what I know now, those sort of feelings of like regret, remorse and things like that kind of just like dissipate, you know, but I think that there is a message there. And maybe as he was dying or as he was crossing over before his consciousness, you know, completely trans, uh, transformed to what it is now, maybe there was that, right? And he just wanted to make sure that I got that message um, because he did feel a little bit of like remorse or some of like regret as to what mm -hmm. his beliefs were. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which that's one of my biggest fears is just like, because... You know, you see some people that not I'm not I'm not trying to use your father as an example or anything, but like people that are, you know, do awful things or not not saying that your father did something awful, but like you get people that, you know, sometimes say some mean things about the spiritual world, like or people that get involved in really, really dark magic and they don't think that it's real and then it is real and then it completely you know, and then once yeah. they pass away and they go on to the afterlife, wow, I just, you know, I feel really, really, like, that's one of my biggest fears. I feel like I'd be really, really embarrassed if I were to get into black magic and then go to the other side and be like, oh, wow, I feel awful because now I have to come to terms with this person or being that made all life. And now I'm just, yeah, I would feel, I'd feel a little bit embarrassed, but. Yeah. After you decided to go full force into, like, the paranormal world and, like, being spiritual and stuff like that, what was the first thing that you started to do? Was it, like, did you go straight into, like, investigating haunted places? Was it getting people's stories? Or was it, did you just want to learn as much as possible and just help people with their questions? Pretty much the latter. Uh, I went straight into tarot, started learning it for myself to help myself and understand like what these energies were and what they meant and how I can like navigate through them and overcome certain shadows and things like that. And then like maybe as soon as I, because I moved back to the, the city. Uh, so as soon as I moved back to the city from where I was in the mountain, I just started consulting people. And it started for free. I just started doing uh, my husband's family and it was pretty amazing and then that's just basically what i've done is just sort of like read research what does this mean why is it here what is the symbolism what is it attached to how is this important and then um, you know 
also using the tarot to help sort of guide these because the tarot is full of all these sort of like esoteric symbolism and different decks will have like different uh, symbolisms and you know just energies attached to it so that's what I did and for me I think my main goal is just to help people understand that the paranormal is undeniably something that's part of our lives and help them come to terms with it and navigate it on their own because it's such a unique experience that that it's spiritual like for me this paranormal spiritual the spiritual is paranormal there really isn't there's no distinction uh so helping people through through that sort of journey because i definitely didn't have that help and Mm. it was uh it was intense yeah i could only imagine um when you first started getting into it what were some of like the major questions that you had burning that you wanted to try and answer i think the biggest question for me is what what is behind all this you understand it's like you know is there a god what is god who is god um and i think it was sort of diving into that like what is the cause of this and i think i still don't really have a big like a determinate answer for that i don't think we ever will but it is i do have this feeling like whatever it is that god is or whoever god is whatever i don't know source universe um it's everywhere and it's the same energy that's behind a lot of the great prophets or the gods of you know many cultures and traditions and things i think just people name it differently uh according to their beliefs and their their upbringing and their you know just their culture in general uh but it's essentially the same energy and whatever that energy is it's out there and it's in everything and in every one of us and it's what kind of just ties us all together and that's sort of what i believe yeah i i do agree with you i don't think that we will ever be able to while living be able to figure out what the point is or like how you said like what's like like who made us all that stuff like i i I don't think we will ever find that out until we pass on it's just one of those things that no matter how hard we search no matter how hard we try and find the answers or put ourselves in i guess not really parent like vulnerable paranormal situations to try and find everything i just i don't think we are capable of ever being able to do that which is totally okay yeah totally okay and i think what the more important question is i guess and what i've learned is okay so you're here now what are you going to do about it like what are you going to do with this life and i think that's a more important question like what are you going to accomplish and what is your you know your goals your purpose your fate whatever you want to believe in but like what are you going to do because it's it's little a little bit of time considering you know everything Mm -hmm. i always get a kick out of people that (laughs) Like my grandpa's one of them and he, or like people that don't think, cause technically if you really want to think about it and we can dive into this in a way we are, all of us are immortal. We just change different forms throughout our time, which is the craziest thing to think about. Mm hmm. And it's very hard to wrap your head around something like that. I think even sometimes I'm like, but how, but if you really think about it, like, one of the fundamental laws of thermodynamics is, you know, energy is nor created nor just is not created nor destroyed. And if we're all energy and if we all have a consciousness, 
we don't really even know what consciousness is, but who's to say that it even gets destroyed or where it even comes from? What we just do is transmute it or transform it. So I totally believe that. We definitely are immortal beings. That is one of my biggest arguments. I always tell people <laughs> energy cannot be created nor destroyed. That is one thing that I always say to people because it's it's true. It's, yeah. It really is true. Um, what do, So what do you think about... Um, oh, I just had it. I lost it for a second. It had to do with dreams and the paranormal. Have you ever dive? Have you ever dove into that and ever tried research? Because that is something that is still very taboo and very, very difficult. I feel like. I mean, from what I understand about dreams and the paranormal, so the dreams, and if you think about psychology, is is your like your subconscious mind or your unconscious mind, sort of doing its thing um but again we don't really understand consciousness or or how it works and stuff like that so when it comes to the paranormal i mean who's to say that you're not either moving through realities or universes or people from or other consciousness from other worlds are coming in and trying to speak to you or guide you in any way i believe that that that's a very real possibility especially depending on the dream um and sort of exploring that and what that means for you and i've definitely had dreams where i've just been like what is going on what does this even mean and i've i think i've met guides through my dreams too and they've been beautiful and scary um Mm -hmm. but i think i've definitely learned something about myself through each and one of the uh, each and every one of them and i think that it's totally cool and totally okay or normal for what that from that matter uh, for the paranormal to sort yeah. of into your dream. Yeah, I, all that. I, so my girlfriend, our spirit guide, she, cause I wander a lot in my sleep, like spiritually, like I'll just leave and I'll go places and stuff like that. And like, I can lucid dream and everything. Nice. Mm-hmm. She sometimes I get really, I get really, really bad nightmares and she, and I can't wake up and she has to force me to come back. And mm. it is, it's it's weird. It's weird because there's this place. Have you ever seen Insidious? Yeah. You know the further. Okay. There's occasionally, I will go to a to place that. that is yes yeah, specific, like very very similar. That's and I had one after telling my trail story on somebody's podcast, and my how I it's more blue and black than it is black and black and light blue like it is an insidious uh-huh. and it's like if you had the windows open and just the moonlight's coming through it gives off like a blue and black that's what it is huh. and i heard my girlfriend she was on the stairs at my house and she was calling my name and i knew something in my like in my brain knew it wasn't her because i knew it didn't sound like her anyways it was something was mimicking her oh. and I said, I'm in my room, but announce yourself before you come in. Mm -hmm. And so I reached over on the side of my bed after I said that, like I was trying to grab something, I think to like protect myself or something like that. My door swung open and it was just a black halt. Like the loft was just pitch black. And I, all I heard was screams coming from my doorway into my room. And I got up. And I, right as I was about to shut the door, like I couldn't wake up, I finally was able to wake up. <laughs> and 
I told my girlfriend this story the next day, and she was like, yeah, um, our guide just told us that she had to physically wake you up and that something was mimicking me and that she saw you sleepwalking. So I, it was so trippy. It was so weird. I don't know where I went or what yeah. happened, but yeah, it was one of those weird, let's, cause I get premonitions all the time and oh. I'm still trying to figure out the purpose of premonitions. Like if it's to warn us or if it's to just give us little blips into the future about anything, but it's, I'm still trying to figure that stuff out. Um, they're probably a little bit of both. I mean, if you are having premonitions, you should probably medi either meditate on that or, or seek some sort of like mentorship on it because you're obviously psychic and you just need to sort of hone in on kind of trusting your intuition more and, and deciphering the messages. But it's probably a little bit of everything, like a little bit of a snippet of like what's gonna happen or maybe for you to help somebody else or things like that. Like basically we're here to serve others. So yeah. see what See what it's trying to tell you yeah that is true mm -hmm. um how what are your thoughts because this is another question that i've been trying to answer for a really long time mm -hmm. do you think that because this kind i tie i always tie this into the paranormal and stuff like that because of the whole um energy cannot be created nor destroyed right do you think serial killers are born the way they are or are made the way they are I think it just really depends on the serial killer. Um, from what I understand, uh, people with that are psychopaths are actually born that way. There's something in their brain that's uh, just kind of wired differently as opposed to a sociopath that's sort of made that way. Um, so I think there's just a, a variety of different factors that uh, contribute to serial killers and what type they are. There could be a little bit of a mix of both, like a little bit of psychopathy with sociopathy. Um, and it just really depends, but either one is true. You can be made that way yeah. or not. And honestly, I'm going to actually add a little bit to this. I think it's even more made that way than raised that way or, uh, made that way by society rather than because you're born this way. And the reason I say this is because there's actually a book by a neuroscientist. I don't know if he's a neurosurgeon or a neuroscientist, and I can't remember his name right now, but I can probably send it to you later if you want um mm -hmm. he did a study and he was trying to understand the, the differences within the brain uh, of psychopaths and he actually put himself in the study it was sort of like he needed like a study subject or something he put himself in the study and he found out that he has a brain of a psychopath like he is a psychopath <laughs> but oh, because that's... he had such a good upbringing and his parents were like amazing parents and he says like he had an amazing like life he's not like a serial killer or a sociopath because even though his brain is wired that way the way that he was raised and the factors that contributed to his upbringing didn't allow him to sort of like trip onto sociopathy or something like that it was it's absolutely interesting so for me that only makes it kind of the kind of the argument that maybe nurture does have to do a little bit more than nature mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I because I always thought I, I just thought because I do believe in reincarnation, so I yes. always thought that they just somehow slip through the cracks of the evil world and just are able to get into a body. But that, but then again, I don't, 
I don't know if the universe would ever make mistakes like that. Well, I mean, the reason that these things exist, right, is because we have free will. Mm-hmm. And so as long as we have free will, there's always going to be people who are a little bit more mm, self-serving than not, right? And, and yeah. ten, like, it's, it's not exactly that simple, but basically when it comes to these low vibing or more negative or evil energies, it's really self-serving energy. You're, you're just looking out for yourself for the most part, right? And so, you know, there's a little bit of everything in this world and as long as you have free will, you can choose on the spectrum where you want to go. Do you, yeah. you want to be a little bit less, you know, egotistical or like self-serving or do you want to be a little bit more magnanimous and like help and toward the light and you're going to get a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that makes sense. That does make sense. Um other than your father, you know, having some paranormal experiences with him, what are some other paranormal experiences that you have dealt with? Oh my god, so many. Okay. So, um, I'm going to name the big ones. So I'm actually not going to tell this story of when I was a kid, cause that is a, a big one, but I have a, another one that happened more recently. So more recently, uh, as I'm sure, you know, when you have UFO experiences, uh, they say that you're connected, right? That there is a link between you and these beings, right? Whoever these beings are. And there's apparently very many types of beings out there. So it's, I'm sure that at some point I, you know, or they are connected to me in some way because um, I started exploring this idea a little bit more. And as I started exploring this idea a little bit more, things started to happen. And so one night um, I had just moved into this apartment and <laughs> I'm hearing things outside. Well, first I see a light. Before I hear the things, I see a light. So I would see a light come into through my my bedroom window. I only have one bedroom window. It's a huge sliding glass door situation. Mm-hmm. So I would see a light, but the light wasn't coming through like the bottom, like where the street comes. It was sort of coming through the top. So I remember kind of thinking like I'm wondering, well, I wonder if that's like a helicopter or something like I didn't, you know, whatever. But it was happening a few nights and I would tell my husband, I'm like, there's a light coming in through this room. And he was just like, oh, OK. We sort of just like, okay, well, whatever. It was a little odd, but I didn't really pay much attention to it, whatnot. A few nights passed or weeks, like I can't really remember the timing of this. Um, But from the light, I started to hear a droning noise, like a very like hum noise. And I remember the noise was very distinct because it was like a very like hum, 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 hum. And I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. what is that and then something was like come look outside and i was like i'm not looking outside like i was like, <laughs> like it was just very like you should come look outside and i was like no i'm not gonna eh? oh. no <laughs> and then i was just like i know what that is and i just don't really care to see it so whatever i kind of just would go back to sleep and kind of forget about it and i remember telling my husband and he was just like remember you've had a few ufo experiences like you have a connection to them maybe they're they're here and i was like okay you know whatever and i would just go back to sleep well one night i i wake up and i look toward the window and in the corner of my room by the window there are two beings and i am looking at them and it was this must have happened 
split second. Like it was just like I'm looking at them and I got to really. There's like, my God, the images and like printed in my mind. <laughs> One of them was sitting down, and had their knees tucked sort of to toward them, and looking at me. And it was these big. Oh my God, seeing chills. Big glassy, you know, UFO like mm -hmm. a, a, yeah, UFO alien eyes. Um, and then there was one behind it. And I remember it wasn't that high. It was standing up, but it was about the same height as like the, the light switch. And I'm just, I just kind of look at these for a second and they're like a brownish orangey color, uh, kind of like, like almost like reflecting because there was light coming in through the window. Um, and I look at them and I remember just being like, I'm going to go back to sleep now. Like, I didn't feel scared. I didn't feel like anything. It was just sort of like, okay, I see you. Cool. And then I went back to sleep. And then the next morning, I'm, I wake up and I was just so weirded out because I was like, was that, was that a dream? Like, was it a lucid dream? I don't, I don't know what it was, but it felt very real. Like, it felt like I woke up. And it, I was in my room. I was definitely in my room. My daughter was sleeping next to me. My husband's are here. Like, I'm looking at these things. And they're in my room at the corner of my room by the window. And they're just looking at me. And I just fall back asleep. And then after that, I said, okay, I'm going to test this out. Like, I, I have a connection. All right. So Stephen Greer says that you can, like, call these things upon you. So I'm going to do what he says. And he is the one who made up the, you know, the C5 meditation or the close encounters of the fifth kind. He sort of is the one who coined that and said that we can actually call these experiences to us. So I was like, I'm going to do that. We're going to do it. I remember being terrified because <laughs> I was just like, what am I calling to me? Who am I calling to me? But okay, I'm just gonna, we're going to flow with this. I uh, had seen all his documentaries. I had under already like already under the pretense that these things are not going to kill me. Uh, so I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so I remember <laughs> going to my bath. I did the meditation and as I'm in the shower because I most of my meditations are like time alone is in the shower and that's where I just kind of connect with myself. So I remember just letting the wa the water fall over me and being like, I'm going to do this meditation, and I did. So in the meditation, I asked uh, to. Like, if this is real, to please, like, come and, like, mm -hmm. present themselves. And I asked for a specific time. And I was like, if this is real, can you come at 9 o'clock at night on this day when my husband's here? Because I want him to see it. <laughs> and <laughs> that's what I did. So I sort of just meditated on this. And I was like, I set a time. I was specific as to my husband needed to be there. And then I kind of just waited. And the day came, or I don't remember, I can't remember if it was the day after or the same day, but I know it was the day came, my husband, it was a Wednesday, my husband had just come back from uh, an English class that he was taking. And he was in the car and he was like having some sort of discussion with a friend of ours. And I'm like looking into the sky. I have my daughter next to me, I'm looking into the sky. It's the summer, so it gets later a little. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. the, the darkness sets later. That doesn't make sense, but you understand. <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. <laughs> okay. But, um, and I'm looking to the sky and I'm like, okay, it's like 845. I got 15 minutes. I'm just going to wait out here. 
And I'm like looking outside and I'm just waiting. I'm looking in the sky, see nothing. And it's getting darker. It's getting darker. And finally, my husband comes out of the, the car. It's almost nine o'clock when he comes out of the car. And I'm just looking in the sky. And at some point, I feel something like I hear something sort of tell me where to look. And I had a feeling I was going to be looking to the south. And I turn to the south. And when I look, I see something in the sky blinking. And at first, I'm like, is it an airplane? Like, it can't be an airplane. Like, oh, my God, it was an airplane. Because, you know, airplanes blink. Like, whatever. Yeah. But this one was interesting because it was, like, an orangey color. And then it blinked. And then it disappeared. So I was like, okay. So I go and I look at, like, I'm grabbing my husband. And I'm like, I need you to look in the sky. And it, when I look at the time, it's 9.01. Oh, wow. And I said, Okay. And so he goes and he looks and he sees something. He's like, what is that? And I'm like, it's the same thing I saw. Okay. And I'm like, perfect. And I'm like, I don't know what it is. So it does the same thing again. It goes like into this orangey bright, like this color. And then it goes blink, blink, blink. And it disappears again. And then it does it one more time. Comes back, blink, blink, blink. And it disappears for good. Because at this point, when it disappears the last time, I see an airplane coming from the north, heading down to the south. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if it just knew that it was time, but it did it three times. My husband saw it, and it was literally at the same time that I had asked for, nine o'clock, and the same day. So that for me, I was just like, look, I know I could be probably stretching it or whatnot, but for me, that was very significant because mm -hmm. I had asked for a specific day and a specific time. And then I had this experience happen. And so he was there, he saw, and he was like, no, 100%, that was a UFO. And I was like, all right, it's settled then. We had just had another UFO and that the C5 meditation works. And then it my son, my, my stepson tried it in the Dominican Republic. And he had a very interesting experience himself. And he said that he heard something tell him to turn around. And when he turned around, it was there behind him. And he asked for 730 at night and it came. So I have I have so many questions right now. <laughs> OK, one, one. What is the C5 meditation? I don't. On my channel, I've only done two alien things. I haven't really interviewed anybody on aliens. I know absolutely nothing about aliens. So what is the C5 meditation? So it is a, it is a meditation that's geared toward having a specific experience with, like a, a called experience with um, aliens. Uh, it, the reason it's called C5 is because it's CE, like a CE, and it's close encounters, and then of the fifth kind. So in terms of aliens and, and um, like the encounters you can have, there is like a, a chart, or a chart, oh my God, what do you call that? I don't know, levels? I can't remember right now. But it's basically close encounters is the first kind, second kind, third kind, fourth kind. Right? And then there's fifth kind now because of Dr. Stephen Greer, who is like the... I guess one of the leading scientists and doctors uh, that's on the whole disclosure front of the alien disclosure and UFO disclosure. And so he's the ones basically saying like, hey, there is this type of encounter that you can have with aliens, which is the fifth kind, which is where you call upon them and ask them to greet you and like to communicate with you. And they do. And he has like his these documentaries on them, if you want to watch, it's called uh, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Uh, then there's one called Unacknowledged. And then there's another one called Serious. And if you watch these documentaries, I mean, he just, like, it's a lot of the same information. He, he kind of breaks it up 
and uh, you see him doing these uh, meditations with a group of people and the images that they capture are very compelling and it makes you wonder like you know how far how far do our like or do, how far are we connected like how does this all work our consciousness and being able to like communicate with otherworldly beings and the universe like it is a very interesting uh theory and i kind of just did the meditation now he has guided meditations that he has and i think he has an app that you can like pay for and like do the meditations but i kind of did it on my own because i mean if you're connected and if you connect to yourself like you can do it by yourself like you just have to really connect and once you do mm -hmm. you there you go. That's what I did. I just kind of did it on my own and it worked. I would mm -hmm. like to do it with people. Like that's my next step is to do it with a group of people. Yeah. How, how did you, cause I know you said you did it while you were in the shower, but how, how did for viewers that maybe they have alien experiences? I had one. What, how do you do it? How do you get in touch with, how did you do the meditation? So, the first and most important thing for any meditation is grounding. So mm -hmm. definitely grounded first. And then once I grounded, for me personally, this is how I did it, and it, it could differ for very many people. I remember just sort of sitting there and first saying like, I want to communicate to whatever beings that are trying to communicate with me or, or are linked to me. Um, I do, and I remember being like, please, please just remove this fear. So I was very afraid. So I was like, remove this fear. So I had to go through like a sort of like a blockage there, like removing my fear. So mm -hmm. I went through that first. And then as I got more comfortable and settled with the possibility that I'm like communicating with other beings in another world, I remember just feeling like I sat in, I was, it, it went from like me being in the shower and then it kind of got like, I imagined, like I felt, imagined, felt myself going higher and higher and higher and higher until finally I was in space. Mm. And then I was in space and I um, asked, I was like, okay, I'm here. You know, I would like for you to come to me. And I just, you know, you have to ask for whatever it is that you want specifically. So the more specific you are and with whatever your intention is, just kind of, put it out there. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And my intentions were protect me. <laughs> I need yeah. to be protected. <laughs> uh, yep. If it's something negative, I don't want it. Bye-bye. <laughs> um, and that I wanted at a specific time to know that it was that and for my husband to see it. And then that's what happened. I felt very protected. I felt very like guided. Um, and I remember in my meditation kind of seeing in the distance like like a craft, but I can't really remember what it looked like or anything, just feeling like I wasn't alone. And then just yeah. sort of saying thank you and just ending the meditation and seeing, kind of waiting to see what happened. That is, I do like how you were respectful in that aspect and that meditation, because a lot of people don't know that you have to be very, very respectful when talking to the paranormal or anything yeah. that's supernatural because they are no joke they are no, no joke and yeah. i've had demon attached to me it's terrifying to say the least but at least it, i just like it when people are respectful to him because like they don't they don't really care about you they can just 
if they want to be mean and they want to hurt you, they'll hurt you. So, what, um, going back, because I know a lot of people, well, I think there's definitely a difference between intuition and fear. And I believe your intuition told you not to go to the window and look out it when you were laying in bed and you decided to go back to sleep. What do you think, if you would have ignored your intuition, what do you think would have happened if you went to that window? Um, funny enough, I actually think it was my fear that didn't let me go to that window. Yeah, and I think it was just because the difference that I feel between my intuition and my fear. So um, my intuition kind of just comes as a, like a download, like bam, I just know something or feel something and that's it. My fear is the one that questions it. Like, oh, are you sure? No, you don't want to do that. Oh my God. (laughs) You understand? And so that, I think that's what happened. Like I felt something and I was just like, oh, okay. And then somebody was like, no, you don't don't know if you want to go there. And so for me, I think it was actually fear. What would I have seen? Probably a craft. You understand? I definitely heard it. Like it was definitely something that I was hearing. I don't know where I would have seen it because I have a huge oak tree in the back of my yard. So I don't know if I had to look up and see it or if it was like tiny and hovering in the back of my yard. Like I have no idea what size this thing was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that when it comes to fear and intuition, fear is that little voice that questions the intuition. Like the f- intuition is going to be that first thought that first that first feeling you understand like that bam this is what i know or bam mm-hmm. this is what i feel and then the 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 fear aspect or the ego is going to be like i don't know if i want to do that mm-hmm. oh, are you sure about that you know so it's so it's sort of like that kind of like back and forth the little angel and the devil sort of doing its thing yeah um, so i think that's what it was and unfortunately um, it's very calming to sort of give in to the, the more fear-based thing because that's what your ego does. Your ego is supposed to be there to protect you. It's not going to yeah. let you do something that you shouldn't do. It's there to preserve your life. So, you know, my ego said, eh, this might be a dangerous situation. Uh, bye. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I just had it in my head. It went out the window for a second. Um, so we'll, we'll move on until f- it comes back to me. What was your son's experience in the Dominican Republic? So from what he told me, he said that he did a meditation. I can't remember where, how, but I know I gave him pointers just the way that I did now. And I told him just to be very specific as to what he wanted to see and when. And he sat outside. I think he told me he sat on the roof of his house because in the Dominican Republic, it's just very easy to just access your roof and just do whatever you got to do. And then he was in the roof of his house and um, he was just sitting there and waiting. And he's like, you know, it wasn't really coming. It was at 7.30 and he didn't see anything. And he was kind of like, oh, is this coming? Like, I don't understand. And I think it was probably around like maybe 7.30 something, 7.40 something that he got like a little voice in his head to tell him to turn around. And when he did, he saw some craft or a light. He didn't explain it. Like, I don't think he saw like, the full craft and I can't remember because this was months ago but I know he just said he's like there was something there hovering and yeah. I said oh my god and he was very like he was amazed by it he just was like I can't believe this worked and I was like neither can I <laughs> so and that's what he saw but it wasn't anything like you know wow I think that 
the the experiences like like and you see in the documentaries maybe they're a little bit more powerful and compelling because there's a group involved so there's mm-hmm. a lot of conscious energy that's calling toward the same thing so you get a greater manifestation of it so that's what i think okay okay now i i'm just it just blows me away because i had one alien experience but it was when i when i was asleep i drifted off somewhere and one came to me and Mm -hmm. that was that was that was really trippy because he wasn't like the normal like you know four foot gray with the big eyes this one mine was really different mine was like two and a half three feet tall and he was wearing like a black robe with like silver glitter accents around the robe and then he had the same thing on his hat he was wearing like a pope hat and i just basically held him in my arms and we were laughing the entire time we were just looking at each other and laughing and it was the funniest thing ever i don't know why we were laughing but we were laughing about something and i asked my girlfriend about it the same morning the next morning because she had the same thing i did a little three foot gray that was just running around in her room one day while she was awake Mm. and she looked at it and said what what are you what are you doing like what what, what's going on here and he looked at her and gave like a shocked look and was like you can see me and then he disappeared disappeared yeah now i don't know if mine was just a dream and i was just going loony for a little bit or if it was actually a thing that's why i was curious on how you did it because i am definitely gonna try and do that meditation and see see if it works yeah you should for any of the viewers i want to try it too if they've had an experience so definitely what do you have any because i saw on i saw one of your instagram reels you were talking about guardian angels and so or was it your live that i tuned in for i think it might have been your live where somebody asked you do spirit do guardian angels do they always protect you from everything and you said that they only can protect you from so much yeah. which is a hundred percent accurate and true mm-hmm. how did you come up with that did you go through your own evil experience with some nasty or did it just come to you i think a lot of the knowledge that i have now is definitely intuitive right like I can't say that I've spent my whole life researching the esoteric and the occult because I haven't. But it's very interesting to me the amount of things that I happen to know and I don't really know where I get it from. But Mm -hmm. I know that it started to come to me as I started to explore more the more paranormal and spiritual aspects and, and started getting into tarot. And as far as guardian angels, like sometimes people get me questions or have questions and these are just sort of the answers that come to me. Like I just just come and as far as that guardian angels it's 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 exactly that way guardian angels are there and they can help you as far as as only a certain point and it's because again the aspect of free will they can there and they can guide you and they can send you the signs and they can give you the intuitive downloads and you can have these ideas or, or whatnot but like you ultimately make the decision and that's where sort of the ego comes into play and says well, are you sure about this? And so that's where you have to now be discerning and say, okay, well, what road do I take or what path do I take? And oftentimes, guardian angels or the universe or spirit or whatnot is going to kind of 
until you learn the lesson or until you get the message, you're going to keep repeating the things over and over and over again um, because the whole point is to overcome it. And so mm -hmm. guardian angels are there to make sure that you do um, and they can guide you and you can ask them for that guidance. But unless you're open to it and kind of like connected, you're not, you might not see it. And that's where, how can they help somebody who's not, who's not seeing or who's not receiving? So that's as far as that can go. They can't really interfere yeah. like that. Yeah, my my guardian angels are the universe. They must. I'm so stubborn. I am unbelievably stubborn. So, I like, <laughs> there have been times where I should have stopped doing what I was doing, and they were intentionally putting in roadblocks in front of me and telling me to stop. Yeah. But I just decided not to stop. And there right. are times where I've been I've been burned really bad. Like I've been I'm a person that. I have to learn from experience. Like I have to go yeah. out and do it to learn from it. And some people are like that. Whereas you, it's, you, I mean, you probably had maybe some of it, but you also, it seems like you also just get just the straight blips where it's just like, mm -hmm. Hey, which is, which is probably, I f would feel like from my experience, I would rather have that than <laughs> <laughs> the roadblock situation. But, okay. Um, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of, I just had that question again. So what's your next big story after the alien experiences? So my next big story uh, would be <laughs> two experiences, one with my husband. And the other one was actually during a time that I uh, <laughs> didn't really believe in anything, but I still had the experience anyway. So. Um, it just goes to show you that the paranormal doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> it will come to you whenever, whatever you believe in. Um, and so the one with my husband was in the Dominican Republic. And I was going through, like, the most confusing time of my life. And I think this is where one of those things where the guardian angels were like, pay attention. And so, um, or the universe. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was in the car. And at the moment, I had an ex with me in the back seat, but my husband was in the front seat driving. So we were all three in the car, and this is this mm -hmm. whole big like drama situation where like my ex had come back after mo like a month of not being together, and he came to like propose to me, and I was already with my new person, <laughs> like my husband. Yeah. And so yeah. it was just a very like what is going on type of movie type of shit that was happening. And I remember being like, what, am, what do I do? Like, what do I do? And I think at that moment, I was so frustrated that um, all of a sudden, <laughs> my God, all of a sudden, things went like opaque. Like everything around me just went opaque. I remember it was raining and we were in the, it was a little silver, um, it was a little silver car. I can't remember the type of car now. But it was a silver little car, and everything around me went opaque. I couldn't see anything other than my husband and me, and everything around me was blank. And then time moved slowly for, like, what seemed like maybe a minute, but it could have been less, could have been more. I have no idea. But I just know that at some point, it was just, like, everything slowed down super slow and as I was looking everything was just moving like I felt like the car or us moving like me moving slowly and when I look it's just him there's nothing around me 
there's nothing. And it kind of just went brrr, and it came back to normal. And at that point, I was just like, it was just, I knew. Like, it was just like, bitch, it's him. <laughs> and so, <laughs> like, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, okay. It was almost like an epiphany, but it, it was weird. It was like a time thing, like, an alternate universe. Like, I have no idea what it was. I just know that time slowed down. I couldn't see anything. And the only person next to me was my husband. And that's when I knew. Like, I was just like, I'm that's the road I'm taking and this year we make eight years <laughs> so <laughs> I'm kind of glad that I did that and that for me was very powerful because I had never had anything happen to me like slow down time you can't see anything around you everything's clear white like opaque like it was just so trippy <laughs> like, I was like what was that mm-hmm. and the other thing that was a little scarier um I was 25 years old 24 25 years old um so this was a f- more than 10 years ago from 37 now um Cassie. sorry that's my husband he's like we got to do stuff <laughs> um so uh i um i was sleeping and i woke up but I didn't wake up, like I did wake up, but then there was something over me, like a shadow over me. Mm-hmm. And this is a classic sleep paralysis situation where I couldn't move, I couldn't scream, I couldn't talk. I was conscious of something in, like over me. I couldn't see what it was. And I hear something go from the right of my room to the left of my room. So I hear something just like move. And I'm like, what is going on? I wake up finally or like I'm finally able to move and I scream for my sister It was like four o'clock in the morning and she was awake and we were living together and uh, she (laughs) came to me and she's like what happened I was like I don't even know I couldn't move I was stuck I could see things I could hear things but I couldn't move I couldn't scream I couldn't hardly breathe like I was it was just like this very creepy experience but then it was after that that um was even scarier because I heard something a few nights later, I don't know how many months later, again, time, what is time? Um, I remember hearing something at the, um, the the base of my window outside crawling. And it was just this very like, uh, like kind of like breathing hard, like almost gasping for air, kind of uh, And it was like crawling and just, uh, oh, God, it's my window. And I, didn't understand what that was and that one freaked me out. I was like, I'm not looking, I don't even care. It could be a dying animal, it could be whatever it is, I don't care. Didn't look. Then another night happened where I hear something get thrown on my window, like a rock. And a rock breaks. And I'm like, okay. And then soon after I hear something run. And it was, I will never forget, it was very short, but it was very distinct. It was ta 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 ta. That's it. But it very loud, like ba 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 ba. And I said, Okay. I don't know what this is. Going to sleep. The next morning I grabbed my sister. I'm like, we're coming outside. I need to know if there's any evidence of anything. And sure enough, there was a rock that had right there by the my base of the windows that had broken. And the weird thing is that when I looked at my concrete, the pavement, like the driveway, we had just painted it. It was like this weird like color, I don't remember orangey um there was a half moon shape print on my newly painted driveway like a hoof or like carved i know it was like a print it was a half moon like it looked like a oh oh that's that's trippy 
Yeah. And my sister and I looked at each other. She's like, what is that? I was like, I don't know. It, I heard it. It ran. It wasn't a gallop because gallops are four feet and the gallop is a... No, it wasn't a gallop. So whatever it was, it was on two feet. And whatever it was made some sort of half moon shape, crescent shape print on my driveway. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I would... I would assume it would be a hoof, but because like I'm trying to run through things in my head of my experiences that to maybe kind of help you justify it, but it that yeah that is yeah that's that that's scary because when you hear stuff like I have to face the door now when I sleep because I will hear things if I'm facing the window I will hear things run up right next to my bed and I can feel something stare at me. So I, 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 I know how terrifying that can yeah. sound and how that can, that can be, but I have a question about sleep paralysis now, cause I know it goes both ways. I know some people think it's actually a spirit and I know some people are like, Oh no, you're just dreaming. But for, can, can you explain like your thought process and your thoughts on sleep paralysis if it is just you know you're still dreaming or if it is really something there i think it really just depends on the type or like the event itself because i think that there are types of sleep paralysis that can be more like psychological or stress induced um so like i think maybe mine could have been both maybe uh, who knows? Because when you're highly stressed and when you're going through, like you have a lot of anxiety and everything, it's very common to attract more negative energies to you. Um, so the fact that people have stress-induced sleep paralysis to me doesn't, to me, makes sense that it could be either psychological or demonic or you know negative energy because you're attracting these things to you subconsciously. So yeah. who's to say that it isn't? So it just really depends on how often you have it. What are the circumstances um, and all that? But it's a kind of like a case-by-case situation. Okay, okay. Because that's one thing. I have never experienced sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. That is one of the only spiritual things I have never had to experience. Good. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah. yeah. I, I, don't, I don't ever want to go through that. No. Um, is, it truly, is it really truly that terrifying as people say it is? Yes. Oh, it wow. Is. I mean, just imagine you being in a situation where you're utterly terrified and you can't do anything about it. That's oh. what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds horrendous. I would never want to go through that. I'd never want to do that. 